And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I feel uh, I'm embarrassed to ask you this question, but I've been wondering it for a couple of days and I feel I'm either a bad friend or I'm, I'm just ignorant. I don't know. Doc, who is Sven Gooley? <laughs> who is Sven Gooley? The you, Rango you, Canyon Matthews at the DC Matthews. You mentioned him, uh, I think, in the Bestie chat, and I could tell he's someone you love, but I was like, I don't remember him ever mentioning him before. Uh, yeah, um, Sven Gulli is, well, the current Sven Gulli is technically son of Sven Gulli, but he just goes by Sven Gulli now. He's an American uh, horror host. He would introduce movies. You know, on local access television. And I believe he was centered out of Chicago for pretty much his entire life. So it's not something that I ever saw when I was a kid um, growing up. But I, you know, I was aware of him, certainly, you know, in the pantheon of horror hosts. And he is one of the ones who has survived and is continuing to work even to this day. Uh, and I, again, I don't watch a lot of his stuff. Um, he he still airs in Chicago. I want to say that now his stuff is actually also uh, streaming on some sort of service. So, like I could check it out if I wanted to. Um, but, uh, you know. I'm very nostalgic for it, but it's not the sort of thing that, that I, I'm super, super into actually wanting to watch. I think Sven is a funny guy. He's got a fun, you know, shtick. He's dressed all in black. He's got the, the the grease paint, dark eye makeup. He's got the top hat. He's usually found with the rubber chicken. People throw rubber chickens at him and stuff like that. Um, no, he's fun. He's goofy. He introduces the movies. Uh, he does little skits. You know, um, Joe Bob to me is, is my idealized form of the mm-hmm. horror host because he comes at it from, um, you know, a critic standpoint, an educational standpoint. He has a lot of history and backstory, especially since being revitalized on Shutter. You know, some of the talking segments with Joe Bob will go on for 20 minutes as opposed to, you know, when you are on broadcast television and your horror host has, you know, 30 seconds before he has to get back to showing the movie to actually fit his time slot. Um, so Joe Bob is the excess of everything I would want that to be. And it has that sort of, you know, educational aspect and learning the history of it that I, the other horror hosts don't always have. And that I, I, I miss, but yeah, Svenguli is amongst, you know, the, the He's in the pantheon of the greatest horror host of all time. And so I mentioned him this past week because there was a, a crossover, a meeting of the greats when Sven Gulli was on the season four premiere of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, sat around for most of the first movie, which was uh, Night of the Living Dead, the 1968 George Romero zombie classic. And he stuck around and did a lot of talking with Joe Bob. And I really enjoyed watching them interact and learning you know, even more about Sven Gulli and, you know, just watching the two of them have an interaction. I don't know that they necessarily have uh, a storied friendship outside. I know obviously they have similar uh, professional careers, but I don't know that necessarily they know each other or see each other around all that often. But it, it was it was a fun 
um, collision of worlds, I guess. And it was really fun to watch. I enjoyed it greatly. Also, that's my piece of positivity. You bastard. Because before we got started tonight, you were like, I can't wait to see what your piece of positivity is. And now in the first four minutes, there you go. We could, we could, you know what? We could go backwards. We could try a backwards show <laughs> in which we do. I'll give you my piece of positivity. We'll read if the you'd emails. Like to have your thoughts read right on the air. <laughs> I'll have to go and edit that uh, back in for you minutes ago. I, I have some follow up questions. I do apologize. As soon as I said it and you made a face, and I was like, damn it, I took it from him. I know I did. That's okay. Um, all right. You mentioned the Pantheon. Who is your, let's use the, uh, the incredibly overdone question. Uh, who is your Mount Rushmore of horror hosts? If you have more than four names, that's fine. But what's your, what's your top tier horror host? Joe Bob, I'm assuming, is at the top. Yeah, Joe Bob, absolutely. Uh, I would say Elvira is yep. absolutely on there as well. I would say Sven uh rounds out the third. And do you count the Crypt Keeper? Not really, only because he didn't introduce other movies. He was only introducing their own segments. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like not quite the same thing. Can you count someone from like Mystery Science Theater since a lot of those movies oh. were? No, I don't tend movies. to think of them in the same breath. But, you know, that's a good. That's a good observation, DC. I think Joel, as you know, sort of the shepherd of that for a long, long time, <clears throat> there's an argument to be made that he would belong on such a list. I was going to go probably with, honestly, either Zachary or Vampira. Um, there are two sort of old school horror, uh, horror hosts from back in the day sort of involved in the early, early days. Zachary was like late 50s and Vampira was probably right before that and vampira was very much like a prototype early elvira again mm -hmm. 50s so not quite so boobalicious and uh th 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 there was a plunging neckline though and you know certainly elvira i think took it the next step in terms of instead of just being creepy like elvira had this bubbly valley girl sort of personality on top of the dark goth shtick um and you know vampira didn't have any of that but in terms of like the black dress the plunging neckline the black hair the makeup like Again, I view Vampira as probably the inspiration for what Elvira uh, went on to turn into a meta sort of commentary on the whole thing in the 80s. I don't understand how Vampira is alive with the waistline. Like, there's a right there, that is that is that was so what tight. she was known for. She had that a is so tight. Small it's, waistline. Yeah, it's all it's painful to look at. Yeah, yeah. And so I and I know I don't know if she was the first one or not, but she's definitely one of those ones that I would think of as being amongst the earliest horror hosts. And you know she was even in you know the the famous for many years um, people would talk about being the worst movie ever made, Ed Wood's Plan Nine from Outer Space, the sort of gothic vampire lady in that movie. That's her um, later on. So you know does she, she does she, she predate around. does she predate Morticia Adams because the, the the two look very similar. I don't think so. I think Morticia Adams at least existed in comic form as early as the 30s. I got to look that up, though. I don't know for sure. Um, first, the character was created by cartoonist Charles Adams in 1933. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah. 
And uh, so, yeah, when did the first show come on the air? That I don't know. The 1964 series portrayed by, it must be the earliest. 19, really, was it the 1960s, the Adams Family? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, no. I mean, it, I mean, the comic form, yes. Yeah. But did they, but I also don't know, did they base Morticia Adams off of the comic? I, I'm not that familiar with the comic, so... You know what I mean? Is there a departure there? Did they style her based off of Vampira or which way does that go? That I don't know. <clears throat> I'm looking at uh, what looks to be a, now this is a cartoon. I don't know if it is. I'm going to the Wikipedia. One of Charles Adams' original cartoons. No, Morticia Adams looks very, it's, you know, the skinny, long black dress, long black hair. Uncle yep. Fester looks the same. Gomez is a little pudgier, yeah. But I think I'm I'm picturing Raúl Julia. He's very. The, I would say that although, and actually looking at this now, these original designs of Charles Adams are actually very similar uh, to the more recent CGI Adams Family movie. Yes, it looks like they took a I lot agree. of inspiration from the CGI. So I yes, agree, I agree. Uh, Morticia Adams predates Vampire. I would say okay. Uh, I will go ahead and give my piece of positivity, uh, which is Doc Manson saying, that's a good observation, DC. I'm going to be living that, off of that for a that while. Was a good observation. I, I don't think I would have mentioned the MST3K guys, because again, I sort of view that as a separate thing. They don't really provide any additional commentary on the movies, <coughs> but they do introdu- introductory segments. And usually mm-hmm. those segments are at least themed by the movies that they're they're watching that week. So, you know, in a weird way, I think that totally does count. And it'll probably explain why I love MST3K so much. It's so much similar to this other thing that I also love, and I've never really thought about it that way. Well, I'm 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 glad. Next question. Okay. <clears throat> Somebody comes up to you and says, Dr. Manson, we need you. How do you know be, who I am? We we heard you on the podcast. We've heard Horrid. We've heard mm. all of Sound Scary with you and that other guy. Um, we need you to be the new, you're going to be the next big horror host. Oh, my. We want you to be the next person to ascend to that pantheon of your Joe Bobs and your Sven Ghoulies and your Elvira's. What would you do either as a character or how would you do a show? I don't know. Um, that's a great question. You can think about it. It's, I'm springing it on you. You yeah. can muddle it over. You could get back to me in a week, in two weeks. Quit your job. Start thinking about it. Start making plans. Well, I, think, I think my gut reaction is I would want to do something very similar to Joe Bob, where there's a lot of history, a lot of information about the movies, not again, more in that streaming format versus the broadcast format, actually have time to go in and delve into these things and really celebrate the performers, the directors, the producers, um, and the movies. Um, But the one thing I always, that I've never, in my brain, has never, I've never, well, I like it, but it's I've never really loved it, is that Joe Bob Briggs does the redneck sort of southern character. That just doesn't, it's not that it doesn't jive with me. It just doesn't, it, to me, it just seems so strange to pair with horror movies and B movies. On the, but on the other hand, I think drive-in theaters 
were a huge thing down south, especially. So I, I guess I actually do see the connection, especially with how he got started mostly with drive-in films and movies. So, I mean, I guess I do get it, but I, I, I always hope, I always wished, I guess, especially when I was younger, that Joe Bob had had more of your traditional horror host gothic flavoring, you know, your Elvira or Svengoolie uh, or even, you know, a Van Helsing style character, something like that. Um, so I, I think something more horror themed is where I'd want to go. I mean, I would want to be somewhat original with it, but I wouldn't mind doing a callback to some of these other characters. I mean, sort of a nondescript thing like Sven Gulli or or even uh, I mentioned before, like a Zachary, you know, the, the, the sort of more Victorian looking whatever, like it doesn't have to be a specific thing. Uh, mm -hmm. That might be interesting. But I also think then again, Joe Bob is able to rely on his shtick a lot. And that's helpful too, from a character standpoint. Um, so I don't know, man. Like, I'd have to think about it. I have to get a group of writers together because Lord knows I couldn't do all that research and writing myself. So I'd, I would want to take a sounding board. But I think I would want to do something more inspired by, by horror itself and um, but, but in still the same sort of tone mm -hmm. a, as a Joe Bob in terms of the educational format <laughs> as opposed to just gimmicks, as opposed to just skits like, like an MST3K. Yeah. <clears throat> You don't want to be Doc Manson in the lab. You're the you go into the you know uh, horror mad really. scientist. Like if my name was going to be Doc Manson, that that's a valid or, or, way to go. Or Doc something. Yeah, if you want like to avoid I mean, the Manson you know, connotation. I, yeah, put me in the white lab coat. Put me in the Doctor Frankenstein style lab with the Tesla coils and the shocks going off in the background. Like okay, I will be your creature. There you go. Dumb, dumb as a bag of rocks. You have to educate me on all of the stuff. And I just, you know, what, 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 what is Black Lagoon? <laughs> <laughs> so very, not very far off from, from what I would actually be. Yeah, well, you know, I hope so. we would all have a good time. Um, transitioning, since we're 15 minutes in, uh, do you have any interest in seeing this weekend's uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Um, I have interest in seeing it, if only because it is directed by Sam Raimi, who was a filmmaker that I have long enjoyed since the days of the Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm in no real immediate urge to see sure. it. I, I have heard, uh, I am trying to avoid most... Yeah, I'm trying to avoid spoilers, of course, but I have heard that this is the closest thing uh, Marvel has had to a horror movie, which is what perked my ears up in the Doc Manson sense. I don't expect it to be an actual horror movie. I don't believe movie. it. Like, it's, like, you know, like if you think back to Spider-Man 2, the operating room scene with, with Doc Ock, um, like people love to make comparisons between that scene and like the evil dead movies. And I do see a lot of earlier uh, Sam Raimi in that sequence. Yes. And I wouldn't be surprised if this movie has sequences like that, but a, a sequence with that does not a horror movie make, you know what sure. I mean? So I, I I'm, I'm skeptical of he hearing people say that. I, I hope it's true, though, because the one thing that I dislike about Marvel above all else at this point is a lot of their movies are just so cookie cutter. 
Um, I, I love the fact, I love the idea of a filmmaker getting to make their type of movie with the Marvel material. And I think, I think uh, James Gunn has been able to do that. I think, uh, help me with the pronunciation again. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Uh, I think he has managed to do that at least on one occasion. But maybe Love and Thunder will work out as well, but remains to be seen. Um, And so I I have hope that Sam Raimi is able to bring more of his auteurship and leave his mark on this film and make it feel more unique and more like something that belongs in his body of work. And for that reason, I would say, yes, I am interested in seeing this film. Um, Not so interested that I think I'm going to drop everything, go to the theater to see it. Sure. Um, But, but yeah, you, are you interested? You must. Uh, Yes. If only because this will be the first, I had very little interest in Spider-Man. Whatever, whatever home, no way home. I don't know. I don't know. Home, home, home. Uh, Let's call it. Yeah. Home alone. Um, (laughs) The one thing about Sam Raimi, though, I will say, um, I don't think he's directed like a real good movie in a long time. Hmm. Like, I mean, he hasn't really done much directing at all in the last decade. Like, I think he's done some television shows. He did yeah. like the first episode of Ash versus the Evil Dead, which yeah. I enjoyed. But before sure. that, I think his last mainstream movie was Oz, the Great and Powerful. I never saw it because I heard it was real bad. Um, I didn't like Drag yeah. Me to Hell, which was a traditional sort of Sam Raimi horror movie. But I thought the characters were completely unlikable. Um, I thought they deserved everything they got. And maybe that was the point of the movie. Maybe he was making, again, sort of a more of a meta movie. But I, I just think there's something about a horror movie that doesn't quite work when you feel like the main character deserves everything that happens to them. Um, I don't know. And then, then before that was Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 in a row. Spider-Man yeah. 3 sucked. I'm sorry. Spider-Man 3 was uh, a terrible movie. It has the greatest scene in any Marvel movie, if not any movie, period. No, it does not. The Saturday you know. Night uh, it's not Life, Saturday oh Night Fever. Uh, I yeah. lost my mind. I, you know, I've never been a Spider-Man guy. I've said it multiple times in the last few months. But that Tobey Maguire with his hair slicked, like I remember everybody hating it, and that just made me love it all the more because it's so stupid. It's real stupid. I like, I like Spider-Man stupid. two. I like Spider-Man, but I, again, I don't Spider-Man two at the time was the best superhero movie probably ever made. I don't know that it's aged that well, especially because I think all the new Marvel movies are better comic book movies than those were. Sure. Um, Sure. And before that, maybe the most noteworthy movie he made was A Simple Plan. Mm -hmm. And before that, it's the ones that I love, like Army of Darkness and Darkman and the Evil Dead movies. And that's we're going back to... Army of Darkness was 92. Like, I don't think he has a strong track record of making good movies. And like, I think Hollywood stamped out a lot of the creativity, um, the, the, the manic energy that I love about early Sam Raimi films like that camera and those early, like the evil dead movies or even army of darkness as late as 82 dark man, dark man is a tour de force. 
for for his style. Um, the camera constantly moving, um, doing physical trick shots where cameras will will be moving behind shelves and looking out through broken glass and Dutch camera angles when you're when you're looking at things skewed on the side and very frantic kinetic energy and all the camera work of the like that early Sam Raimi stuff. That's what you saw in that surgery scene with Doc Ock and Spider-Man 2. But I don't think I can point to any other movie he's made since then that has any of what I love about Sam Raimi's work as a director. And it's been 20 years. I would imagine there will be um, there will be some of that, you know, crazy cinematic stuff just with the nature of the multiverse so. of madness. Um, I'm <clears throat> I'm excited because it's the first, you know, I didn't wasn't excited for the Eternals. I watched it when it came out for free or whatever, and it was fine. Um, I didn't, yeah. you know, wasn't excited for Spider-Man. I honestly wasn't super excited for Black Widow because you know what's going to happen. You know, I, I will. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will say in that regard, since since Endgame, yeah, I have had no interest in any Marvel movie series property that has come out. Zero interest. I haven't watched any of it. DC. I don't think I've watched any of it. Zero interest. But this one, I do want to see. Uh, yeah, that's kind of it. It's the, um, yeah, I think you're right since Endgame. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I don't love that our positivity rates are up. It makes the idea of going to the theater a little, uh, tenuous. I may have to take multiple power naps and brave a drive-in. I may be going to a drive-in, uh, to Hmm. see this because at least then I'm in a car and I'm not, you know, in danger of risking infection or what have you. So Oscar just won't be quiet tonight. He's just going, barking his head off. I don't know if you can hear him still, but my gosh. He is, uh, you know, he's pushing for you to to get into that horror host. He won't be quiet until you, you know, get into the lab. And Ugh, Anyways. Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited. Um I think the problem is going to be everyone's expectations, and I'll speak personally. My expectations of what this could mean are going to be very high. You know, if they're going to introduce any sort of character from the X Men, I am going to expect plans for an immediate X Men. Are they going to X Men franchise X Men characters? I I have I I will tell you right now, DC. I have zero expectations for this movie i have seen i saw one trailer i know nothing about it like i i know i think he's protecting captain marvel or something from not captain marvel what's scarlet witch no scarlet witch is the bad guy in this i think but i think so just based off of the preview it looks like he's at odds with her um, I've seen some trailers. I know we're going to deal with just because of what has been put out there. What's and, the, what's the teenage girl? That's the character I'm trying to. Think oh, America name. Chavez. Yeah. What's who? She I playing? don't know that she has a title. Miss America, I think. Okay. That's the, whoever he's protecting there. And I assume he's protecting her from the Scarlet Witch. Cause that, there was just that scene in the trailer where they meet up in like that orchard. It just has an overwhelming feeling that 
she's the bad guy here. So, which is totally fine by me. I'm yeah. all for. That's not a know, spoiler, need, folks. I don't know anything. That's just me we need, looking at a trailer. We need a we need a new villain. You know, Thanos is dead. I'm sorry, but I don't, personally, I don't think Elizabeth Olsen is the big bad of the next phase of Marvel. I just don't see no. it. No, if you've watched the TV shows, you know who the next big bad is. Elaine? Elaine? <laughs> yeah. From, from Seinfeld? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't she doing something with them now? Oh, yeah. I suppose technically, yes. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is. Um, you know, or it's... Loki's been out for a while now, but they introduced the concept of Kang the Conqueror. And so I, I think... I don't even know who that is. So I think you know, I read a ton of comics. I don't know who Kang the Conqueror is. You'd probably see a picture of him in his outfit with his. I purple. hear Kang and I think Krang. I think of the brain that from. Would be, there you go with the multiverse of madness. Yeah, I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. That's what I think of. I, I don't. I got nothing for you. Oh man, I love Krang. Um. Uh oh, he's looking off to the side. That can only mean one thing: fresh cookies delivered. Mrs. Nansen loves me. She does. She does. I she love does. her. There you go. That's wow. the correct. Um, but yeah, I'm told I'm, that I have to go see the Bob Burgers movie. Okay. Apparently, it's a friend of the show, Rochelle's birthday coming up, and it's around the time the movie comes out. I think my, I don't know if it's June or July, but I've been told I apparently have to go to the theater with them to see that. I think you could say it'll depend on the positivity rates. Well, yeah, probably. But I, I bet you it will be okay. Um, yeah. So Multiverse of Madness looks good. Doc, may the fourth be with you. Shut We're, the fuck up. Star you, Wars isn't cool anymore. Star you don't want Wars to talk about sucks. Star Wars? No, Star Wars sucks. The Book Star of Boba Wars Fett? is dead to me. I was a Star Wars fan growing up. Star Wars can just go away. I don't need to see any more of it. The prequels were terrible. The new movies were meh and did a lot to actively make me dislike the, what I liked about the earlier original movies. What about Rogue One? Rogue One was fine. What about Solo? Nope. Did you see it? Nope. Yeah, I was going to say. What about, <laughs> what about The Mandalorian? The first season of The Mandalorian I thought was good. Um, and that's exactly probably what I want from a, a Star Wars project like that. But I'll tell you, I think it's pretty telling. Even though I kind of enjoyed it, I didn't watch season two. I don't need it in my life. And I heard, and I heard, I heard that um, the, the, the story of Django Fett or whatever I heard was Balt was just the most meh possible show in existence an entire season for the, of, of what should have been probably like a one episode thing in season three of the mandalorian is what i've heard about it like i don't know i didn't finish it which is saying something that's saying something um nothing happens in the first few episodes and you enjoy i enjoyed the the actor i don't remember his name who plays uh Boba Fett, I enjoy Ming-Na Wen, who plays the bounty hunter, uh, or Fennec, I think. So, like, it had the elements, but nothing much happened. 
then it became and there's just an entire episode that's just here's the mandalorian season 2.5 which was fine but confusing and then i just stopped i didn't finish it think back to the original trilogy obi-wan kenobi this wise old wizard living in the desert you don't know anything about him he tells luke skywalker these stories about the jedi of old these do-gooders going around and doing good around the galaxy and you know these mythical legendary figures and he tells them lies about who his father was right and then go, go to the prequels and and you see the jedi organization is an ineffectual paramilitary group, you know, like they're, they're essentially paid mercenaries. They're completely ineffectual, right? Like, like they, they just sit around in a circle and they, they talk about things without doing anything. They can't even solve a, a, a trade uh, negotiation. I'm right? thinking of they, Ryan they, George. They're going to talk a lot about trade regulation, right? And they have, they, they literally have the greatest Sith Lord in the history of the universe, Darth Maul, Palpatine taking <laughs> over the Republic, literally right under their noses, and they don't know that he's a Sith Lord. Like again, like all these tales of these legendary beings, like being able to sense people's presences, and like you know how yeah, you know, like that's a presence I haven't felt in many, like all that shit, like all the old Jedi when we actually see him in action, they're not capable of any of that. They're just this ineffectual group of idiots and they're extremists as well. You know, telling uh, Anakin how he can't love anybody and you have to, you have to devoid yourself from emotion. Right. And, and, and let me get this straight because it's legal on Tatooine for, for your mother to be a slave. We're these grand wizards that are supposed to be in charge of putting things right in the galaxy. And you're supposed to be the chosen one. You're, you're going to be the one who brings balance to the force and we can't even, Bring the money to, to Tatooine to buy the freedom of, of your mother? Like, I understand you're not just going to steal her away, but you're this huge organization with these palatial place, like, palaces that you live in. And, like, you don't have the money to just go buy the freedom of his mother? You're just going to let her be a fucking slave and die in obscurity? How is that doing good? And and then you've got these schools of Jedi with these these three you, literally you see these three to like six year old kids and maybe later out Anakin just slaughters them all into, in the most ham fisted way go I'm evil now I kill children but but even then like think about this you've got an entire group an entire organization that's going around the galaxy abducting essentially children that are force sensitive and then putting them into a school where they're being told to avoid themselves of emotion and love. And they're being trained how to use lightsabers as early as four years old and just become ruthless killers. They're not these happy grand good do-gooder wizards that Obi-Wan Kenobi was telling you about in the original trilogy. Like beyond metachlorians, those movies completely ruin the concept of the Jedi. And the new trilogy honestly does nothing to repair any of that. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just an echo of the earlier original films. They're playing the same story. The only thing interesting about the new movies was Ryan Johnson's film, The Last Jedi. 
the middle one. That's the only interesting movie in the entire fucking franchise since the original films. And everybody fucking says they hate it. They, In fact, they hated it so hard, they brought back J.J. Abrams for the third film and basically retconned everything that happened in that movie, trying to get it back on track. But having... You know, ha- having having Luke Skywalker be this completely disillusioned person who realized what the Jedi actually were after being lied to and reading the text and seeing how, yeah, maybe the Jedi as an organization isn't worth saving. That was the most interesting idea in that film. And to have Kylo Ren come together with Rey and be like, we should kill the Sith. We should kill the Jedi. Come with me and let's start something new. That's that's a brilliant idea, like to actually bring it somewhere different and new and to correct all that garbage that I was just talking about, because, yeah, the Jedi weren't good. They weren't. You should have expanded on it. But no, instead, they just go into the new thing. Kylo Ren's going to be the new leader of the First Order, and he's going to go around trying to kill Ray again, and we're just going to forget all that character development that had the episode of the second film. We're just going to try to have a regular grand old adventure that echoes the return of the Jedi and just pretend none of that ever happened. Feel good. Ha ha ha, we're Disney. Don't you love everything about this completely sterile and and, and re, just just garbage filmmaking of, of what became of the rise of Skywalker? Don't, don't forget when in the, the last movie, when Ray suddenly now has the ability to heal, which has never been mentioned in any Star Wars movie, and she just magically does it. Then they kiss. Make them kiss again. Ryan George's version is so much better. You know what I mean? Like, after all of that, like, I like those original movies. The first two especially. Return of the Jedi. Eh. But... <sighs> Like, there's nothing there anymore. Like, well, that's the thing. They talked about, you know, we're going to have this whole universe and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Except Solo bombed. Uh, I will admit, I saw the Kenobi trailer today. I'm intrigued. I'll watch it when it comes out, or at least I'll start watching it. There's elements to it that I'm intrigued by. Um, But... Is it the uh, same actor who played him in the prequels? Ewan McGregor. Yeah. It is? Yeah. Oh, good. That's cool. He was good. I enjoyed yeah. him in the role. Like, and again, I... But again, yeah. just knowing, again, how ineffectual he was, like, you know what I mean? Like, <sighs> he's not a good person. Like, he fucks up Anakin's training in so many different ways. And... Again, like all he does is lie to Luke about the history of everything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think Obi Wan Kenobi is like this good, great, good doer figure. Like I used to think about him it, anymore. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, when you were a kid, did you have a babysitter? Not really. Because of your brother? Yeah, I think maybe I was occasionally babby. Babby, babysat by a neighbor, an older guy, a kid, but not not often. Okay, not a female. Mm, no, no. I had an older brother, so that's probably part of it too. What what what's what is your point? The entire episode one. Here's like eight nine year old Anakin Skywalker, and. Maybe she's a teenager, but I don't remember them ever mentioning it 
princess slash queen Amidala. And now let's fast forward 10 years. So he's, you know, 17, 18, and she's... It would be really weird for me to meet a seven-year-old right now and be like, man, in 10 years, we're going to fuck. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's creepy. That's what I'm saying. I know it's what you're saying. That's it's... That uh, that alone kind of threw me off and being like, but n- no, 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 no. I hear um, yeah. I don't know, man. So like I, Star Wars just has very little appeal to me anymore. I don't think this huge mass market, um, you know, franchise owned by the biggest fucking conglomerate in the world deserves its own grassroots sort of feel good Internet meme holiday anymore. Like, I just feel like it's so, again, commercial and just like so it made sense before, you know, LucasArts, don't get me wrong. It was, yes, it's a $2 billion franchise, but LucasArts was like a relatively small studio. They didn't have all the money in the world, like that, to feel, have that feel good sort of thing about them. I'm not going to say it was justified, but it was more justified than it being owned by Disney. I mean, like LucasArts was still pretty fucking big. I mean, they did industrial light and magic, so we were a yeah. big powerhouse, like special effects house. So, like, my point doesn't quite stand, but it felt smaller than Disney feels to me. I, I, I don't know. It just, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. May the fourth be with you now. I used to, yeah, I don't know. I used to like that franchise. I used to be one of the people that would nerd out over it and defend it. And Star Wars is way better than Star Trek, in my opinion, growing up. Um. Is that still true? I never thought that way. Star Wars is better than modern Star Trek. But older Star Trek is better than Star Wars. Original series and the next generation are better than Star Wars. But all the new stuff fucking sucks. Okay. I can can respect that. Yeah, I'm not going on another rant about Star Trek. Let's, we're good. No, we'll save that for Star Trek. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, Star Wars is fine. The first three movies are are fine. Uh, the prequels, not good. Um, the the last three, I didn't really know what they were. They were, you know, they and were I, fine, but. Eh. Well, so this is it. Like, you know, we have this Star Wars extended universe, but I'm like, outside of the Mandalorian, what do you have? You're going to do an Ahsoka Tano show from the Clone Wars. I never saw the Clone Wars. Apparently, they're amazing. I'm sure they are. Some people love them. And, you know, in terms of like a recognizable character that a large part of the fan base knows and likes, that makes sense. But like as an OG guy, I don't know who the fuck that is. That's it. Um, Maybe, you know, at some point when I ever get around to it i would appreciate that uh show and you know rosaria dawson is whatever her name is ahsoka tano side but rosaria you're, rosaria you're, dawson really yeah well now i'm a little more interested i've always enjoyed her yeah, yeah. it's rosaria like there's dawson, yeah. only so much more you have to do yeah um this kenobi show seems good but again it's like rogue one you've got to connect here to here you can't go beyond that because we know what happens at some point. You know, we have to get to him becoming Alec Guinness. So, oh man, did Ben right. Kenobi not know 
that Leia was Luke's sister? I feel like he would have mentioned that to him. I seem to recall at some point, whether it is Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back, Luke's flying off. It's probably Empire Strikes Back. Luke's flying off to go rescue his friends. And they're like, don't. You have to stay and complete your training. And he's like, fuck you guys, my friends. And that's, that's how he sounds. And he flies off. And I think the ghost of Obi-Wan is like, essentially, we're doomed. Like, you know, he's the, our only hope. And Yoda goes, no, there is another. Right. So they knew. Yoda knew. Ben Kenobi says it's his only hope. So I don't know that Ben Kenobi knew. Yoda knew. I wonder if that was intentional. I do know at the end of the third movie, again, chronologically speaking. I don't actually remember. Does does he ever meet Leia in the first movie before he dies? Are they ever in the same room together? I know she's sending the droids to find him. But may, so maybe that, maybe that criticism is invalid because he never was physically exposed to her to have sensed the presence of, of Anakin within her or, or whatever. Um, so maybe, maybe that's why that didn't come together, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'm assuming that at the end of the third movie, the twins are separated and they don't know Luke goes with uncle Owen and aunt Beru and Leia goes with Jimmy Smith's and, <laughs> and that's it. So, uh, yeah, I've never been a huge star Wars fan. Kenobi looks good. They're introducing some potentially new, new characters that look intra- visually look interesting. Um, but yeah, Star Wars is there. It's there. I enjoyed The Mandalorian. Baby Yoda's cute. Can't deny it. But I'm not, I'm not living or dying for Star Wars the same way I, I do I, for some of I Marvel. honestly can't even remember Baby Yoda's name. I know he has an Grogu. actual name. Was it? Yogurt? Yeah, that's it. Totally. <laughs> go grew go goo? Grow. Grow. Goo. Goo. Sounds like does sound like uh Gogurt a little bit, which is funny because yogurt was the name of Yoda in Spaceballs. So yeah. I, I'm telling I'm you. Sh- I'm sure if they were to do a second Spaceballs, which they should do. Gogurt. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, it would be Gogurt. I love it. Let's do it. Little baby merchandising opportunity. Exactly what uh, Gogurt is. I am very happy not touching on the second part of the name of our podcast at all this Dump week. Truck? And ju- the third part then. Oh, okay. Um, that would go to uh and go straight to the emails. Is there anything in the world of wrestling that you care about talking about this week? Not that I'm aware of. You? Uh, there was a nice promo, a little video package, uh, that William Regal did with the Blackpool combat club, which was great. Cause it shows William Regal doing some of the training. So like for the first time, and I don't know how many years he's like putting holds on people and doing all of that stuff. And that was amazing, but that's it. I'm imagining the Eugene training sequence. Um, with that exact same level of seriousness, uh, it's it's there. Those are the two perfect 
opposite ends. Okay. You know, they're the opposite ends of the spectrum. You okay. have the amazing Russell Silly that is Regal and Eugene. And then you have this, which is totally legit. And you've got Moxley and Brian Danielson and Wheeler Yuta. And yeah, cool. I was going to, I was going to read to you the names <laughs> of the women that are taking place in the NXT women's breakout tournament. And I was going to throw one or two fake names in there to see if you could try to identify who the real, but I don't think, I don't think you could. No, I heard they fired Dakota Kai. Uh, Dakota Kai and a bunch of other wrestlers you've probably never heard of. Yeah. Malcolm Bivens, who's a manager technically. Yeah. Okay. Um, Roderick Strong asked for his release and they haven't granted it yet. I wonder why. Asuka's on TV. She was in the main event of Raw. Asuka, Bianca Belair, and Liv Morgan taking on Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley, and Sonya Deville. One of those teams sounds good. And the other one has Asuka on it. Wow. But yeah, no, I don't I don't have a huge amount of, of things to say about the world of of pro wrestling this week. I've been watching I watched Judgment Day 2002 where uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan in the red and yellow is the champion taking on big evil undertaker. That was terrible. Um, we're getting close to one of those great backstage promos with the rock and Booker T and gold dust, which is always good, but popcorn farts. Yeah. We're, we're getting to that era. We're getting to that era. All right. All right. Well, with that, let's get to the emails. We do have four of them this week. Grateful for that. Our first email comes from Jeffrey, who does not have Twitter. Hello, guys. Is this long? Oh, Hello, it is guys. Long. I had a great idea for a bracket. Gimmick bracket. These are in no particular order, but there are 32 of them. I seeded them just for a visual. Again, pretty much no order and random. However you want to do it is fine with me. Didn't know if you would do this, but seems like fun. Just an idea. Thanks, and we'll do a regular email later on. Doc, hope you're feeling better. Quite the scare from the podcast. Thank you. Yes, I am feeling better. Good. Yes. <laughs> now I'm feeling better. All right. Uh, do we want to do this yeah, right now? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So he did do a, um, you know, an actual bracket. They're seated. Uh, so. I'll read them to you. You can weigh in. I'll weigh in. We have to. I'm assuming there has to be agreement. Uh, our number one seed for one bracket, Mantar, of course, taking on Max Moon. Max Moon's not a bad gimmick. Yeah, I will say. Like, it's pretty fun. Mantar is Mantar. Yeah. But Max Moon had moon boots. <laughs> he did. And the weird, like, he almost had, it's, it's, it's very hard to explain his outfit. He always like it. Yeah. It was kind of space manny, and he had like almost like Mega Man gauntlets. I always felt like it was like Japanese inspired in some ways, but I don't know why. Probably because, as you were saying, Mega Man. I was probably like associating it with Japanese style. I'm sure it is video game. Well, and then it's great. I never saw you know when. The person behind Max Moon, what I used that I remember, uh, is Paul Diamond, but it was Conan for yeah. a while. But yeah, then he's got like the weird dreadlocks, which always gave me like a predator vibe to it. So I'm it's a I don't know are, if you are agree. You, are you gonna go for an upset here? I think I am. I think I'm gonna go Max Moon. 
Mantar is hilarious. Is, yeah. Mantar's hilarious and wonderful. Eating salad. But that's it. Yeah. I'll go with you. Let's let's right. be crazy and say Max Moon. Uh the gobbledygooker or the disco inferno. Well, okay, so I don't know if you're gonna follow my logic on this one, but the gobbledygooker is definitely um I would say the more memorable of the two gimmicks. However, I think that this well, it doesn't it doesn't say best gimmick bracket. I was gonna say, however, I believe the gobbledygooker might very well be the worst gimmick ever. So I'm not sure we can have it win. And so by default, Disco Inferno wins. Yeah, except Disco Inferno's an idiot. Yeah. And the gobbledygooker is memorable. But well, and, and the gobbledygooker, I don't think, was supposed to ever be a wrestler. It was just like a one-time thing that was so bad it sticks in our memories. Didn't the gobbledygooker eventually wrestle though? In the gimmick battle yeah. royal at WrestleMania 17. But by then we just because we all knew it was stupid. He came out of the giant egg. You want to give it to the gobbledygooker? I want to give it to the gooker. Huh? The gooker all the way. I don't know. I don't know if he'll beat Max Moon, but mm. Uh, the Berserker, oh, this is a tough one. The Berserker or Nails? Nails was the convict? Yeah, the prisoner, like, you know, kind of balding blonde hair, like spit and all the over the place. the Berserker had the thing. He held that weapon, didn't he? The big sword. Yeah. yeah the Viking. Yeah. And he did the Bruiser Brody, you know, he was he was kind of a, you know, a knockoff on Bruiser Brody. His finishing move was throwing wrestlers out of the ring so they'd get counted out. I, I get the impression that you might want to go nails here, but I'm thinking Berserker. No, no, it's Berserker. Okay, all right. Nails was a terrible wrestler, which I know isn't part of this, but, you know, he had a nice little program with the big boss man, but that was it. Oh, this one's not nice at all. Waylon Mercy or Damian Demento? I mean, personally, I think Waylon Mercy all day long. Yes, I agree. But do you remember Damian Demento? Not really. I'm looking. You gotta at look a him photo, up. He's, but... Yeah, he wrestled like I think he's technically the quote unquote main event of the first Raw ever. It's him versus Undertaker. Okay. All right. Kazarni. No. Versus Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Anyone but Kazarni. So I Duke will Drossy take. was great. I will take the dumpster. Uh, the goon or T.L. Hopper. I don't remember T.L. Hopper. The wrestling plumber. Don't remember the. It was it was very quick. But like, so both of these guys are legit. You know, the goon was Bill Irwin, who wrestled all throughout the 80s. Tony Anthony wrestled all throughout the 80s. Dirty white boy. Um, but yeah, he was a plumber. He wrestled very briefly. I mean, the I goon had to wrestle. The goon had to wrestle in like fake hockey skates, which could not have been easy. I think I do remember T.L. Hopper. I'm looking at a photo now. I re- yeah, that looks familiar. But I, 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 I do, I do think the answer for me is the goon. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kerwin White. Or Eugene. We've already talked about Eugene on this podcast. Kerwin White is one of my favorite punchlines <laughs> of all time. Um, but I really enjoyed Eugene. For what should have been 
to me and and just you know the jobs of my parents and all of that that should have been a slightly offensive character and i loved him i think nick dinsmore the man made that character so much more than what it could like, have been i yes like it's weird because i don't think you could do it today and i don't think it's particularly sensitive in any way I, I, you know what i mean like you but like for something that just on its surface sounds like it should be super offensive like i seem and again i i haven't seen this in a long time but i i kind of remember it being like good and like heartwarming and uplifting it was because he was like he was he was the biggest wrestling fan in the world. Uh, if you've seen the movie Peanut Butter Falcon, which is not. about a, a legitimate like the actor is a legitimately has Down syndrome. It's about a, a a man with Down syndrome who dreams of being a professional professional wrestler and kind of escapes from sort of the home that he is in to travel, you know, to try to get to this former pro wrestlers like training camp um i recommend it honestly it's not a bad movie yeah even though it's got shia labeouf in it um it's it's not a bad movie uh jake roberts i think is in it briefly is mick foley in it briefly i don't remember but i know jake roberts is okay um but yeah I, i enjoyed it more than i thought and it's kind of that same way like he his excitement is contagious yeah so I'm happy. And, and they also ev- eventually paired him with one of my favorite valets of all time. Christy Hemi. They had a, yeah. a long partnership. So, yeah. I'm going to Eugene. Yeah. All right. The final uh, matchup of this half of the bracket, the blue meanie or the executioner. I'm going to give it to the blue meanie. I think so. Yeah. I don't have a lot to say about that, but no nope. executioner had a cool outfit, but. He did. He did. All right. Next bracket. The Gangrel, not the Gangrel, Gangrel, number one seed, thank you, versus Brooklyn Brawler. I know where your heart lies. Yeah. But the Brooklyn Brawler in like the pantheon of gimmicks, especially in the pantheon of like of like that entry level heel that was on television every single week is the first guy that everybody beats. <sighs> My heart is with the Brooklyn Brawler here, but the Gangrel's a vampire. That's cool, and the Brooklyn Brawler isn't much of a gimmick. He's just a guy from New York, really. Yeah. Well, and I also would like to point out that there are two like. Uh, Steve Lombardi, who plays the Brooklyn Brawler, is in this bracket twice. Oh, because he also plays later on in this bracket. He pl- he is the guy who is Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, the wrestling baseball player. No, thank you. So what I would what I would recommend is we give Gangrel the win, and then we move the Brooklyn Brawler down uh, to the bottom of this bracket to replace Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. I'll allow it. <laughs> this is this is the kind of chicanery you will get on the joy of booking if you happen <laughs> to listen. Uh, the Boogeyman or Pirate Paul Burchill? Uh, I'm going to give it to the Boogeyman. Yeah. Uh, there is an eight-year-old that I, I work with who just randomly in the middle of the... Oh, we were 
we were, I was teaching the kids how to tell time. So he had a clock and he taps it on his head and goes, I'm the boogeyman and I'm coming to get you. And I was like, oh my God, how much wrestling do you watch, small child? And why do you just seem like me when I was that age? That's great. Uh, Zonta Claus, which was a very brief uh, pre-Balls Mahoney playing the evil Santa Claus or Naked Midian. I'm gonna give it to Santa Claus just because I don't. I don't want to give it to Naked Midian. I'm fine with that. Santa Claus uh, kind of sucks, though. Ooh, this is a tough one. It does, but you know he'll be easy pickings for whoever wins this next one, which is a very tough matchup. Uh, Bastion Booger or Papa Shango man. or Papa Shango. For me, it's Papa Shango because it's yeah. way more memorable. Well, it's not not that it's more memorable, but I like spooky. Booger was just gross. I have trouble looking at Bastion Booger. That's the whole idea. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, t- tugboat or Mordecai call Bubba Portal down. I don't know what the, the second part of that is. I don't know what call Bubba Portal down means. So Mordecai is, is is the Mordecai from ECW reboot. Yeah, it was Kevin. No, it was Kevin Thorne before Kevin Thorne. Yeah, he had like white hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, that wasn't also on ECW before he became Kevin Thorne. Maybe not. It might have been. been. I don't remember. That. But okay, I don't know what called Bubble Portal Down either is either. I'm like, was he like doing this on? Yeah, if it's on his phone, was he doing like voice text and like somebody came over the announcement like. Was he at work or something? Uh, I'm. This is all WCW. Or no, this is all WWF, but I would put Shockmaster in here over Tugboat. <laughs> I mean, I would have put Typhoon in here over Tugboat. But is Typhoon a bad gimmick? No. Tugboat is it. If, if, this is the, if this is the gimmick bracket, you know, Tugboat with his sailor's cap and his red and white striped shirt is more of a ridiculous gimmick than... Natural disasters is a gimmick. Yeah, I suppose. I, don't know. That's true. I mean, Mordecai is more visually striking, but I like the little sailor outfit more. I don't know. All right, we'll give it to Tugboat. I want to see you in a little sailor outfit. <laughs> uh, Doink the Clown or Hornswoggle? Doink. Yeah. All right, that leaves uh, the Red Rooster or Big Billy Busick. I think it's Big Bully Busick, but okay. I don't feel strongly here. We'll go with the rooster. Yeah, it's not well, a great That's where I would answer. have leaned. But. And then a uh, number two seed, Beaver Cleavage. I don't think I know you Beaver. Remember Beaver Cleavage? No. You didn't watch the Attitude Era, so you would have missed it. One of the headbangers became Beaver Cleavage, who dressed like a little boy and had a m- mother that was very well endowed. Like, leave it to Beaver. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're given the Brooklyn Brawler. I'd like to point out that I think on this week's episode of Young Rock, which is not a show I watch, but I happen to see that the Brooklyn Brawler is being portrayed by Colt Cabana. Hmm. I've never heard of this all right. show. And- Second round. It's, it's, it's all the young. All right. All about Young Rocky Maivia. All right. Second round. Max Moon or the Gobbledygooker? Yeah, probably the Gooker. Oh, I would have gone with Max Moon. You can convince me. Moon boots, 
he was an actual wrestler. He wasn't just a Survivor Series thing that just lingered in our memories and nightmares. All right. He's not a turkey man. I'll give it to him. The Berserker or Waylon Mercy? For me, Waylon Mercy. Yep. I agree. I know what you mean. Uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy or the Goon? Dumpster. Yeah, I think so. Eugene or the Blue Meanie? I think the Blue Meanie overall as a wrestler is more iconic and will be remembered uh, for greater. But in terms of gimmick, like what is the Blue Meanie's gimmick? He has blue hair and he wears a a small shirt and he dances. I'm going to give it to Eugene, I think, off the strength of the gimmick. Oh, yeah. I had already written it down. Okay. I thought that was a yeah. uh, Gangrel or the Boogeyman. I guess I'll let you decide. Okay, good. Thanks. G A N G R. The right answer is the Boogeyman, though, right? No. I think the Boogeyman's dumb. He eats worms. I don't understand. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. Santa uh, Claus or Papa Shango? Shango. Yes. That is the right answer. Tugboat or Doink? Doink. Right answer. Uh, the Red Rooster or the Brooklyn Brawler? Brawler. Yeah, I think so. All right. We're down to the final eight. Max Moon or Waylon Mercy? Mercy. Yep. Duke Drossy or Eugene? My heart's with Eugene, I think. I agree. Yeah. Gangrel or Papa Shango? For me, it's Shango, but I didn't watch the Attitude Era. So Are you going to let me decide this one? Maybe. I don't th- I honestly, I, for me, it's Shango, but I don't feel like Shango is a particularly great gimmick. I think the black scrap coming out from Ultimate Warrior's hairline is phenomenal. Yeah. But, like, I don't even think it's that guy's best gimmick. All right, that's a great point. Because I was going to go with you on Papa Shango. I was going to give Papa Shango the win. Um, but that's true. Charles Wright has, you could argue, many better gimmicks. than. Yeah. So I. All right, then I'm going with Gangrel. Don't give me a. And then Doink in the Brawler. That is actually really tough. But it's probably Doink. The brawler to me is like a classic all-time gimmick, but if this was a if this was a bracket of jobbers, he'd be Yeah, for sure. It's him versus Gilberg, I think, in the final. <laughs> uh all right. Waylon Mercy or Eugene? For me, it's Eugene. Only because I think he had more He had more of a career than did Waylon Mercy. I feel like Waylon Mercy was a flash in the pan. Yeah, uh, Doink versus Papa or Gangrel. Well, I know you're not gonna like this at all, at all, at all. But I, I, I think it's Doink. Oh no, it absolutely is Doink. And like, it doesn't even one hundred percent Doink or evil Doink. Oh, it has to be evil Doink. Yeah, evil probably. Doink is amazing. Okay, what are you eating? Mm. A watermelon? Yeah. Nice. We tried the watermelon. It's good. Good, good. watermelon. I was looking at watermelons last weekend, but I was told it was too early in the season still. So. Mm. 
Mrs. Manson. Our final in the Jeffrey gimmick tournament. Thank you, Jeffrey, for sending this in. Uh, Eugene or Doink? <laughs> kind of funny that it came to those two. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's Doink. That evil clown gimmick is so good. I love the music. I love that yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. It's doink. All right. Thanks, Jeffrey. That was great. All right. Next email comes from Glenn. An email about nothing in particular. Hi, guys. It's been a bit of a strange week so far, and I actually couldn't think of a question. So this is just an email to once again let you know and the besties how much I appreciate you all. As I approach my 63rd year, a week on Sunday. So in a crazy few years, the support and friendship you have all given me has at times been what has kept me going. I won't say sane, because I'm not sure if I've ever been truly sane. Thanks to everybody again, Glenn. Glenn, we absolutely love you. You are the bestest of all besties. Uh, I cannot encourage you enough to listen to the Piece of Business podcast. Glenn and Jeremy have really... Uh, grown into this you know i don't watch nxt because they make it more enjoyable to just listen to them talk about it oh, that's so that is high praise uh happy early birthday by the way yes nate on a break from work had time to send in the may 4th email hey friends the only thing that's really been keeping me going the past few weeks is the anticipation for dr strange and the multiverse of madness and weekly moon night the weather is also starting to get better, so things are looking up, I think. Two quickish questions for you fellas. How did your birthdays go? Did you anything special? Do anything real special or fun? I hope you both had splendid days. Given it's May 4th, I'm curious, what are your opinions on Star Wars? <laughs> and what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Have a great night. You too. Best regards, Nate. Sent for my iPhone. Well, continuing. Continuing with our backward show. Um, We've already given you our opinions on Star Wars. Well, uh, the well, best Star Wars yeah. movie is Empire. Without a doubt, Empire. Yeah. 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 Rogue One um, is pretty good, though. It's not bad. But yeah, given that it's just a standalone thing, I think. Yeah. yeah. Empire. But yeah, I would say, I would say, uh, I don't hate Return of the Jedi, I don't hate the Ewoks. I don't, I don't hate, hate Return of the Jedi, but um, I don't feel like I feel like it is a weaker movie um, than I would have wanted out of the end of that trilogy. Yeah. Um, birthdays were good. Was on vacation. Um, hung out. Walked on the beach. Watched some baseball. Had a lovely time. I don't remember what I did on my birthday. You worked. Your birthday, yeah, again. I didn't celebrate. Work, I took it off because the day before uh, was the day I passed out. Right? Oh, that's right. But I don't remember yeah. what I did on my birthday. other than That's what a concussion will do to you. What's that? That's what a cushion, concussion will do to you. It'll cause you to forget stuff. Yeah, maybe. I don't think I had a concussion. Maybe. Um. Yeah. I, I think we, we went out to eat, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got pizza. That was good. And I got I got a cake from the local uh, ice cream place. And that was also quite good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, nothing. Yeah, it was, so it was fun. It was nice. I, I got a um, I got a charging dock for my new mouse. 
Ooh. Yeah. Mrs. Manson knows me. Uh, all sorts of technology. We should just do an episode where you just do technology recommendations. Like, just an entire episode where you just walk through. I have this, and I have this, <laughs> and I have this. Ooh, yeah. okay. our, our final email comes from the aforementioned Mrs. Manson. MV. Uh, dear DC, the good doctor and I will finally be getting away later this month for some much needed rest and relaxation in a whole week off from work. Thank goodness, time's time. As someone who I know frequents the vineyard, please share with us your best move recommendations. Also, isn't there a bestie who is from out that way? Looking forward to hearing your tips and recommendations for my own off-season stay with Doc and I. With my utmost thanks and appreciation, Mrs. M. Are you are you staying on the vineyard? No, no, just um, a one-day ferry trip out. Okay. And I don't know what port um, we're going to. I know nothing about it, so I have no information to make this any easier for you or anything like that. So. Well, are, are you driving or are you walking up? I don't know. Let me, let me rephrase. I believe I'm walking on. Yes, that is the recommendation. Um, the, the beauty of Martha's Vineyard is that you don't need a car. Um, if you're going for a day, you know, you go to uh, Falmouth, Massachusetts, turn your radio to AM 1610. They'll tell you which parking lot to go to, put it in your Zippus. Uh, you park your car. Get on a bus. It'll take you to the dock. Get on the boat. Lovely 45-minute trip. Um, you, Depending on what time you go, it'll take you to one of the two towns. Um, you know, uh, our favorite is the town of Oak Bluffs. It is probably by far the most touristy of the towns. Um, but I also think it has the most diverse options of things to do um the other town you could go to is vineyard haven which is lovely it's more of the upper end artsy sort of area which is not necessarily a bad thing i would recommend both oak bluffs was the other one what's yeah. this one and i can and i can send all of this to your wife <laughs> um, uh but yeah wasn't it was the, um, the of the upper the, the, the artsy town there are three major towns. Okay. There's Oak. The two that have ferries are Oak Bluffs and Vineyard Haven. Okay. Vineyard Haven, obviously, from the sound of it, is the more artsy one. The other major town is called Edgartown, which is also artsy. And because you can't get to it by ferry, I would say is even more, you know, I don't know what to even call it high end, but where you will know where is Backdoor Donuts? Backdoor Donuts is in Oak Bluffs. Now, the issue you're going to run into, Uh-oh. if you want to experience the full backdoor donuts experience. I have to get there at 7 a.m. P.m. Oh. Backdoor, so they ha- backdoor donuts is now officially what it used to be have a different name. Backdoor donuts is now officially its own bakery. But the exciting part is at 7 p.m., you walk around to the back in, in the parking lot of the grocery store. And they literally open their back door and you line up right outside their back door and the smells are hitting you. These fresh smells coming from their back door and you tell them. I'm not aware of too many fresh smells coming from anybody's (laughs) back door. Oh, wait till you go to this back door. All right. 
Uh, it is it is intoxicating the aromas that you you experience. Um, you walk up. Uh, somebody will ask you as you approach the back door. They ask you what you want. Um, interestingly enough, right on this back door, right next to the back door, are a list of options, mm. which you don't find at a lot of other back no. doors. But there's a list of options. Uh, you choose what you want. Sometimes they have some. You, they have their more uh, cakey. Donuts, let's just call them with there. Um, or your more regular, I don't know what they call it, but other donuts. Um, you know, you pay, you pay their money. It used to be cash only, but now you can use your card. Yes. And they will bring you a hot and fresh. So I got a $7 apple fritter. Nice. That is, that is worth that. It was, it was approaching. Approaching the size of my head. <laughs> Approaching. You have a large cranium. Yeah, like it's big. All right. It, it, I had I ate it on the way home. I ate some of it for breakfast in the morning, and then I threw some of it away to appease my <laughs> wife, who didn't want me eating this giant apple fritter the size of my head. Um, That's now impressive. you can go. Now you can go into the store if you're going to be there for only a day. You don't. I honestly necessarily... don't even know if we'll be there where we could go at seven p.m. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can go at any time. And, and get them, and they're still delicious. Oh, they, so they do serve the donuts at other times? Yeah, it's, it's, it's now a bakery. It's open all day, essentially. Ah. I think it closes at like four in the afternoon to prep for... For the back door action. For the back door. They, gotta, they, need, they need time to clean up before they open their back door. Yeah, I mean, you, you always um, want to clean up before you know, any, sort, you know, any sort of back door work. You, you definitely want to prep, put in the proper time. It just sounds like a mess if you don't. Agreed. Um, them too. But yeah, I would recommend uh, getting a bus pass. They have a public transportation that runs through. I wouldn't try. You can go up to uh, the cliffs of Aquina, which is lovely, but I wouldn't recommend getting doing it if you're only there for the day because it requires like a four bus transfer. Take this bus here. Wait for the next bus. Go to this place. Wait for the next bus. I wouldn't bother with that. Um, but you could hit probably all of the major towns. They're not big enough. You could probably walk all that you need to see in each town in an hour each. How so, long is like a bus you know, ride between the towns? Uh, Vineyard Haven to Oak Bluffs is maybe 10 minutes, depending on traffic. Oak Bluffs to Edgar Town is probably 15, again, depending on traffic. Right. But Oak Bluffs to Edgar Town. I will tell you which bus to take that'll take you along the ocean past the Jaws Bridge because much of the movie was filmed in this neck of the woods. Um, yeah, it's, it is a place you can definitely go for the day. Um, I'll send over a couple of recommendations of, you know, places to get food depending on what you're in the mood for and things send of me that your nature. Tweetiest and your toitiest recommendations. We're not very hoity or toity, uh, but okay. I will. I'll I'll send you I'll send you some options and Jeffrey if you want to uh, chime in, you know you can send some options as well. All right, so there is, uh, you know we we talked for ten minutes about a place that probably none of you have been, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's okay. Um, we already did our piece of positivity, so I don't necessarily. Oh, I, hey, I am not above doing two pieces of positivity. You know, I can't handle um, 
I can handle as much positivity as I can get. Do you have a second one? Sure. Go for it. Um, so Doc Manson discovers manga has been a thing in my life over the course of the past couple of weeks. It got all got started because I really enjoyed One Punch Man and I said, I want to read all of One Punch Man, all the manga. And I got started reading the original webcomic. And then I started reading blah, 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 blah. And so then I was reading the Junji Ito stuff. I think I talked about on the show before. And then I got into uh, this sort of like slasher style um, manga called Pumpkin Night, which was extremely gory. Uh, DC, I don't recommend looking up Pumpkin Night. You will have nightmares. Um, okay, never mind. I was about to do it anyway. Nah, so no, oh, nah. oh. Um, and then I also found a more probably again like this. A lot of the manga I think is probably aimed at um, teenage boys. I, I would say, but I but you know I, I think that's also historically true of comic books in general. Um, I, I'm sure that maybe that's different nowadays. But a lot of these books I'm reading are, you know, from earlier. Some of them are still running, but they were created at least you know 15, 10 years ago or something. Um, so yeah, Pumpkin Night, I enjoyed a lot, and I'm in the middle of uh, Magical Girl Apocalypse right now. Um, okay. I'm basically just looking up all sorts of highly recommended horror-themed manga. I don't know why that's what I'm gravitating towards, except I'm always gravitating towards I was gonna say. horror. And, and where are you finding these? All sorts they... of places. But um, honestly, like a lot of stuff... I've, I've recently found a website. Again, it's not really legal, I guess. It's, but there's this website called Z Library. And you can go on there and just search for pretty much anything. It's got, okay. it's got PDFs of like every book in existence. I don't know, man. And it's not a torrent site. It's not a Usenet site. It's just a site that fucking exists. Z Library. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of shit on there. So... I don't know. Find a lot of it there, but you know my other sources ten, as well. Ten million books. Yeah, again, it's. I don't think it's like legal, but it exists and it's on there, and you can Google your way to it. These days, you can't even Google your way to the pirate bay. So, you know, I take that as implicit um, exception that this must be a perfectly good and legal resource for everybody to use. Otherwise, Google would have removed it from its search results. So. Wow. It's a place that I learned about because a lot of students go there to get textbooks now. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, I wonder what else they've got. They've got a lot Interesting. of stuff. Interesting. I was going to say, worth exploring. Yeah. Not that I, I condone this sort of behavior. But it's a, it's called a shadow library. But it's fucking there, so, you know. Opposed to the law of copyrights, which makes it an illegal website. Not that I think, again, I'm sorry, I was reading a book. I don't think they're going to be knocking your door down. Well, maybe not in, you know, other countries. Pretty soon in this one, they might. Uh, you want to get topical for a bit before we, no, <laughs> before we wrap up? I'm too depressed up? to talk about how this country is in real time turning into the Handmaiden's Tale. I think uh, it's so flipping scary. Place fucking sucks. Uh, okay, well, let me try to think of my piece. Of positive, <laughs> you know, I'm all depressed. Manga, horror manga, hooray! Um, let me see. 
I talked about you telling me I had a good opinion. That was nice. You have to read manga from right to left. It's insane. Oh, do you? Yeah. That's weird. Uh, I mentioned Stephen Fry before, so I don't need to talk about him. What else have I been doing? I've been doing things. I know I've been doing them. Um, oh, I'll say this, uh, and forgive me if I've mentioned it before. You know, the weather's getting warmer. That's always nice. The local ice cream place that I love is open. It opened on Monday, so I have some ice cream in the freezer. Is I'll that, be able is to that go. the soft serve place? Yeah. I might go there. I, tomorrow's supposed to be real nice, like 70 degrees. I'm not going to work tomorrow. Really? I'm just not going to do it. Hey. I might go there. It's good. Yeah. Uh, they don't open till three now. Okay. So. Okay. If you're going after three, let us know. Or let me know. Or let somebody know. Um, Can do. But yeah, and and you know we have reached the stage in in the school year where there are a certain list of things that happen, and it signals to me that it's the end of the year. It's Teacher Appreciation Week. As a teacher, I appreciate you, Doc Manson. Oh, that's um, nice. Nobody else considers me a teacher, but that's still nice of you. I do. I consider you an educator of the highest order, and as thus, you are extra appreciated and get heaped all the praise. Uh, but Teacher Appreciation Week is a sign, um, you know, there's a there's an Earth Day celebration, even though Earth Day was weeks ago, that happens in our school. That's going to be exciting. That's a sign. All of these things are signs that we're wrapping up. Summer is close. I feel like tomorrow, I think, is the 150th day of school, which means we've got about 30 and change days to go. <sighs> I'm ready for summer. I'm ready for a summer that I can actually enjoy and not feel like I have to just hide in my house for three months. So that's my piece of positivity. This spring has been week. wet and cold. Next week's supposed to be nice. Next week is supposed to get up into the, the 80s from what I can see. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I mean, don't be wrong. I, I like know. to have some weeks hot. just in the 70s. But yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow looks nice. Friday looks decent. And then, yeah, I see 80 in for next week. So All right. All right there, friends. Uh, did we re- did we misname the last podcast? No. Did we misnumber the last podcast? What do you mean? I think you said, well, hold on, let me scroll back here. Uh, episode 317 was titled 318. That's, did I say 318? Yeah. At the end of the show, you said 318. I corrected you, but. Just because and then I, you said it was 318, I said, wouldn't it be funny if episode 317 had the title of 318? And so that's what I named it. Because I'm so does that mean that I mean that this episode will be called 317? No, no, this is also 318. Because this is actually <laughs> episode 318. I'm not titling this one 318. All right. What should I title this I, episode? <laughs> if we're allowed to be explicit. I think it's may the fourth be with you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Um, well, we appreciate you joining us for this 318th episode uh, of the DDT wrestling dump truck. And we're super glad you're here and we hope you join us next week as well. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into the into that good night. Send us an I email, podcastddwrestling.com. Listen to our back catalog on your podcast app of choice. And finally, go to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to give us money. It helps us keep the podcast online where you can listen to it. Thank you. We love you all.
We do indeed. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am Durango Canyon Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be just the bestest of our besties? Happy birthday, Glenn.